You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Amen. Well, happy 2022 to the 10 o'clock gathering here at Highland today. Great to see all of you. Normally on the first or second Sunday of January, we spend the entirety of our time together here today laying out a vision for the year. And also reminding ourselves of who we are to be as the church. So not just a lot of things we need to do this year, but a reminder from Scripture, a reminder from God's Word, who we are to be. And let me just say here on the onset that we hold this vision, we hold these plans uh, very loosely. If there's nothing else we've learned from the last 20 months is we have no idea about tomorrow. We don't control tomorrow. We may or might not even be here tomorrow. And so we hold this vision. We hold these plans very loosely in the presence of the Lord. But on the other side of that equation, we we need a vision. We need a direction. We need to understand together, here is where we're going to head so we don't just wander aimlessly. Well, we need a God-sized, faith-stretching, spirit-empowering direction for our church family. Otherwise, we're just reactionary people to all the craziness of the culture and the times around us. Highland really shouldn't be that that ball inside of a pinball machine that just reacts constantly, that ricochets off of of unexpected events. Uh, Instead, we need to say, here's what we believe we're to go this year. This is our best guess of God's will for this church family in, in the days ahead. We need to be flexible enough to be quick to to yield and surrender to the Lord. We need to be flexible enough to obey him, to listen to the voice of the Lord for for needs around us. So just know that's kind of where we're headed together today. I once saw a small poster in the home of a missionary in Nicaragua 14 years ago. And then on that poster, it said in their home, if you want to make God laugh, tell him of your plans. If you want to make God cry, tell him you don't have any. That first line actually is an old adage. I think Woody Allen actually first said that. If you want to see God laugh, tell him of your plans. But the missionary came back and added that, that second portion. But if you want to see him cry, just tell him you don't have any plans, any direction, any vision at all. I think that's the tension that we live in as, as a church family. We fully believe that God sovereignly directs and controls all things. And yet we also need to be ready to work to do, to obey, to strive according to his power that works so mightily within us to press the gospel forward in Waco and the world. So let's begin first of all with who who are we as a church family? With your copy of God's word, would you go with me please to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 is in the New Testament. It's after the letters of Paul to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Then you have the, the five uh, T books, two Thessalonians, two Timothys, and a Titus. And so 2 Thessalonians, it's the 14th book in the New Testament, which means it's the exact middle book of the New Testament. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, let's begin in verse 1 together. Hope you have God's word with you today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1, it begins with the names of, of, of three men, Paul, Silvanus, the ESV renders it, and in Timothy, Silvanus is Silas. So you have Paul and Silas and Timothy, and these three men, they have been to this church here at Thessalonica. 
They, they are fully aware of the people. They have seen it. They have been with the people there. In fact, it was Paul that started the church at Thessalonica on his second missionary journey. He was there with Silas when he really, if you will, founded and, and gave birth to this church. He wasn't able to stay very long because some of the enemies of the gospel pushed them out and said, uh, said to them, Paul and Silas, you are turning the world upside down. <laughs> Little did they know. And then said to Paul and Silas, you are no longer asking us to, you're pushing back against the decrees of Caesar, and you're not asking us to worship a new king named Jesus? Pushed him out of town, but as they pushed him out of town, this, this church began to form, began to grow, began to baptize new believers, began to believe in, in the gospel. So Paul and, and Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's easy to kind of skip through the salutations of any of the letters that Paul writes. This is really important here. This church was in God the Father. This church was in Christ Jesus. So this church is being held by God. This church is being held by Christ. By the way, the the same is true of of this church. The same is true of, of those who belong to Christ Jesus. Held by God. Held by Jesus. If you want to apply Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 on top of that that says we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. The church that belongs to Jesus Christ is triply held. In God. In Christ. In the Spirit. Now small C churches. Different expressions of churches. They will always have difficulty. There will be some disappointments in those small C churches. There will be loss. In fact, do you know that in Waco alone, 23 churches in the last 10 years have permanently closed their doors? The, the, the small seed church is going gonna, is gonna to have days of victory and, and days of, of defeat and days of disappointment. But the big seed church that's held by God, held by Christ, held by the Spirit, it ain't shutting down. Bad grammar, but great theology. The church is triply held by God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. The gates of hell can prevail against the U.S. government. The gates of hell can prevail against the the army of, of China. The gates of hell can prevail against radical terrorists. But the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. How is that? We're held. We're hidden in Christ. We're held by God the Father, held by God the Son, held by God the Spirit. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God. This God who is our Father, grace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you noticed when Paul opens up the letters, he always says that, grace and peace. Have you also noticed it's always in that order? I, I, I believe fully that it's always in that order because you'll really never have peace until you first have grace. You'll never have peace with God until first you get grace and receive grace from God. Look at verse 3. We ought, that's a powerful word, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, meaning the church family. So the we there, plural pronoun, is Paul and Silas and Timothy. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, church family, brothers and sisters, as is right. Because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So in verse 3 here, the the giving of thanks for God's great work was really like an obligation. Paul and and Silas and Timothy were saying, "We, we have to do this. We have to give thanks because of God's work. We see God's working in the middle of these Thessalonian Christians. What was happening? This is so key. 
Here's why they were boasting. Here's why they felt like it was right. They were obligated to give thanks. Look at verse three. Here's what was happening. Two things were happening. Number one, their faith was growing abundantly. Not just that they had faith. And I'd even say not just that their faith was growing. But their faith was growing abundantly. I know you can't wait for Greek words every time you come to Highlands. So here's the, here's the Greek word for, for abundantly. Hooper. Oxano. Such an easy word in Greek, because hooper in Greek means super. Right? That's, that's very easy to remember. Hooper equals super. So super here, there's this incredible, uh, hyper, super, growing, abundant, because oxano means always increasing. So you have this super, always increasing faith, and Paul and Silas and Timothy, they've heard about it. And they're like, we're obligated to come back to you and say, we are so encouraged by this. We have to give thanks to God for this. That's the first thing that was going on. The second thing that was going on is also in verse 3. And the love of every one of you. So key. Every one of you. 100% participation rate. Not most people, not 90%, but the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. What kind of church would that be? Every time we gathered together, we loved that person behind us and next to us, around us more than we loved them last week. What kind of healthy, vibrant, joy-filled, Christ-honoring church would that be? Just see this one more time. The faith of everyone was growing abundantly and the love of every one of you, 100% participation for one another is increasing. It's always growing. So faith is growing. Love is growing. Look at verse four. Therefore, because that's true. Therefore what? Therefore, because the love is growing. Therefore, because the faith is growing. We ourselves, we brag about you. We're boasting about you here on the mission field, here around the known world, where we're bragging about you in the churches of God. Why? Because of your steadfastness and your faith. Even in all the persecutions that you're going through. Even in all the afflictions that you are enduring. So Paul and Silas and Timothy are bragging about two things. The steadfastness. That, that's that, that, that consistency. And bragging about their faith. That's their convictions. We're boasting about you, Paul says. Silas says. Timothy says. Because you, church, here at Thessaloniki, like your love for one another is growing. Your faith is like super increasing. And we're going to boast about your steadfastness, your consistent conviction, your steadfastness and your faith. This church has been growing. Remember, I told you back in Acts 17, when, when Paul and Silas were run out, that that church was nothing, but now it's, it's growing. There are people there now. We, we've seen the book of Acts that there were baptisms. It was growing. The church was multiplying. So here's, here's what I want to tell you from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 through 4. Growing in number is great. Growing numerically is great. In fact, I'd say it's biblical. Acts chapter 2 said that people were being added to the church daily. Matthew chapter 28 tells us that we should go and we should make disciples. Acts chapter 9 says that the church was multiplying as it was growing. So growing in number is great. But listen, Highland, growing in love, faith, and gospel culture is better. Because if we can grow in those three things faith and love and gospel culture, that'll till the soil for this church to be healthy. And therefore, what does a healthy church do? It just grows. It grows in impact. It grows in generosity. It grows in disciples, disciple making. 
So growing in love, growing in faith, growing in gospel culture is even better than growing in number because we see that even as we grow in health, we will grow in number. The church will be added to. We will multiply. We'll become more and more disciple makers. And there's one thing I want you to see right here about this gospel culture. It's a little bit potent, little two words here. In, in, in first, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, it's in verse 3. It's the two words, one another. And there's 60 of those in the New Testament that tell us how we're to treat one another and act toward one another. The way that we're to love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, spur one another on towards love and good works. And 55 more, you're welcome for not preaching all 60 of them today. That's the gospel culture of a church, is how we treat one another. Here's what Ray Ortland says, and I love what Ortland says. He said, gospel doctrine plus gospel culture equals a healthy church. Well, what is gospel doctrine? Gospel doctrine is the preaching of God's word. It's the teaching of God's word. It's the proclamation of God's word, but not just the teaching of it. It's the receiving of God's word, and not just the receiving of God's word, but the obeying of God's word. That's gospel doctrine. When we gather, we gather around the word of the Lord. When we gather, we're taught God's word. When we gather, we want to hear God's word, receive God's word, and then obey God's word. We don't want to be hearers only. We also want to be doers of the word. That's gospel doctrine. What's gospel culture? We've already talked about it. It's how we treat one another. How we act toward one another. What we think of one another. And Ortland will say, if those two things are happening, there's gospel doctrine in the church, and there's gospel culture, the way that we love one another, treat one another, act toward one another, then that will automatically become a healthy church. What does a healthy church do? It grows. And it sends out people. And it matures disciples. And again, it encourages and equips disciples to become disciple makers themselves. So how do we do that at Highland? We, we gather and grow and we go to that end. So let's talk about gathering in the year 2022. Next Sunday morning in our gatherings, we begin a brand new series called Abide. And we're going to be in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17 for the next six weeks. But here's my challenge for you. Hope you're up for a challenge. Let's memorize those verses together. In the next six weeks, can you memorize John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17? Think about it mathematically. That's just one verse every other day. And what will happen, we'll come back on Sunday mornings and here in the gathering, we will study to see what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 15 about abiding in him, about bearing fruit for him, much fruit, fruit that will last for the kingdom. So that's my challenge to you as we begin a brand new series next week called Abide. After that, we do a five-week series called Finally Home. It's a series about heaven. What does the Bible say about heaven? What do we do when we get there? Uh, what's it going to be like? A kind of important question, where is it? Where is heaven? Another huge question is, do we eat there? And the answer is yes. Barbecue is the answer. And you're not going to believe who actually serves us that barbecue in heaven. Here's the biggest question about heaven. Are you going to be there? That's the most consequential thing we can talk about when we look at a series on heaven. Are you going to be there? Do you know for sure that is your permanent residence? Then we'll have a three-week series of resurrection as we get close to Easter time. Resurrected Savior, resurrected people, resurrected world. And a lot of y'all know that in the last three years we've had a pattern around Easter time, resurrection season, Holy Week, to raise money. Uh, just to show the world, here's what resurrected people do. We, we serve, we give, and we love. Three years ago, we raised money to, to dig three water wells in Rwanda. 
Uh, two years ago, we collected thousands of pairs of shoes. You may remember is right when, when COVID was starting out. Thousands of pairs of shoes that were sent to orphans around the world. Uh, this past year in 2021, we collected $181,000 during that time that turned around and wiped out $34 million of medical debt for families in the state of Texas. We just feel like that's what resurrected people are, are to do. We're to serve, we're to give, we're to be generous. So this year, what are we going to do uh, to show the generosity of God toward us as we redistribute that generosity toward others? If you look on the screen, you'll see a picture of Amen Fellowship in Kathmandu, Nepal. Uh, on the left-hand side, that's the old church, actually. Um, you see that there's a, a plastic ceiling. Uh, one of the walls is a brick wall only because that church was leaning against an apartment complex. Uh, eventually, they, the city came through and destroyed the church completely, took down all the temporary walls, took down the, the plastic ceiling. And the church that had grown to about 70 or 80 moved into that apartment complex next door into Pastor James's apartment. That church is now running about 80 to 100 people. In fact, that's Pastor James you see right next to Pastor Jared and I in that picture. You can tell that's about three years ago because our hairlines look a little bit different three years ago than they do now. But that's Pastor James. And, and do you know that he and Amen Fellowship watch Highland every Sunday night? They gather around a computer. So they watched the 840 this morning. got a message from Pastor James in between the 840 and the 10 o'clock saying, we're overwhelmed. Because all I told him was, make sure your church is watching on Sunday morning, because we would like to come back as a church family and help you build a brand new church for Amen Fellowship. They already have the land. It's already been purchased. They already have the architectural plans. That's already been purchased from a Christian architect in Texarkana, Texas. Um, is they already have some of the money raised. But I told him, we'd like to step in and help raise the rest of that money. We've sent three teams to Kathmandu, Nepal already to build them a church. So here's the goal. Let's raise during the Easter season $100,000 to send to Amen Fellowship for them to have the money to go ahead and start building on the land they already own so they can have their own place. I mean, can you imagine a church of 100 people meeting in your house, your apartment? I would, I would venture that his apartment is probably 800 square foot, maybe 900 square foot. 100 people worshiping in their balcony. Uh, I preached there one time. Uh, Pastor Jared has led worship there one time. So our goal is to raise $100,000 during the Easter season to send that to Amen Fellowship, our brothers and sisters in Kathmandu, Nepal. We'd love for you to be a part of that. That's the goal as we continue to reach out. Well, then also in, in the gathering, uh, part of Resurrection, we have the gathering on Palm Sunday night. Four churches will come together, Harris Creek, Viento Fuerte, Greater New Light, and Highland. Somehow we're going to all smash in here together on that Sunday evening for a great night of worship and prayer. Pastor Sam Doyle, the pastor of Greater New Light, will be preaching that evening, a time for us to be together as four churches across the city. We'd love to see you on Palm Sunday, April 10th. The next series right after that, I think probably could be the most consequential series in the entire year. Listen to the title, Unsaved Christians. Do you know for certain of your salvation? Can you know for certain that you are in Christ Jesus? And so we're going to take about three weeks there and talk through the certainty that we can have of, of having new life in Christ. Jesus talks about this when he said, many will come to me on that day and will say, Lord, Lord, let me enter in. And Jesus says, you're going to have to be gone from me. I don't even know you. There's a world of difference between cultural Christianity and certain Christianity. When I say a world, I really mean eternity of difference. And so we're going to walk through a three-week series. What does it look like for maybe many here in the South 
to culturally know about God, but to not truly, certainly know God through Christ Jesus. Then we'll have our Timothy project, a couple of weeks to hear from some young pastors and future pastors in our church. In this summer, a series called Enough, a verse-by-verse exegetical study of the book of Colossians. Uh, it's going to be 13 weeks long, so we encourage you, if you're around in the summertime, be here as we study God's Word and go through the book of Colossians. Our hope is it'll elevate, the book of Colossians will elevate your love for a supreme Christ, for the unmatched King, Jesus. This fall semester, a series called Hope Thirst from the book of First Peter. Where is hope found? How do you hold on to hope? What do you do when you feel like you're sinking spiritually? So six weeks this fall on the thought of hope. And I'm super excited about this next series, kind of a fun series called Good Trouble. And we're looking forward to it. Four weeks of studying the life of Elijah. Remember when Elijah came on the scene in, in First Kings, uh, King Ahab looked at him and said, oh great, here comes the troubler of Israel. And certainly Elijah was good trouble for, for the nation of Israel. Bad trouble for the kings, but good trouble for, for the people of God. So we're going to look for about four weeks in the life of Elijah. What does it look like for us in Waco to be good trouble for God? Lastly, believe it or not, December 2022, our Christmas series called Christ Has Come. When we revel again that God has put on flesh. So those are our gatherings. This is where we're headed for 2022 as we gather as God's people here on on Sunday morning. We'll have some guest speakers sprinkled in. We'll have a couple of Sundays where we only solely gather around the Lord's Supper table and sing together and take communion together. So look forward to that. So we gather. What do we do next? We grow. We grow deeper into Christ. We grow as disciples, but also grow as disciple makers. The theme verse we use for this is Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Let your roots grow down deep into him, become established in the faith, and let your life overflow with thanksgiving. A lot of different ways that, that you can grow in the faith. The first one is just through our Highland groups. The two I want you to know about are ABFs and CGs. ABF stands for Adult Bible Fellowship. They meet on Sundays here, gathering around God's Word. Uh, CGs meet in people's homes during the week. Same thing, they gather around God's Word in smaller groups. Uh, usually in a CG, there's a little bit more uh, intimacy and, and knowing of one another and encouragement and confession of sin. But in ABF on Sunday morning, it's a great time to make fellowships, uh, or friendships through fellowship and connection and community as we study God's Word together. Uh, you also see we have a Monday morning Bible study, if you're interested in that. It's an inductive study. They're studying Ezra and Nehemiah this spring semester. Uh, we have little years. If you're a mom of a preschooler and want to find some fellowship and connection and support through that, we have seven prayer groups that meet at seven, seven different times during the week if you're interested in growing in your prayer life. As we're talking about ABF, just know that we started a brand new young married, young family ABF this morning. If you're looking for a, a, an ABF to be a part of, had 40 people there for the first time today. 20 couples were there. They meet at 840 in the chapel. Some other ways that you can grow in your faith, grow in biblical knowledge, grow as a disciple, uh, includes Wednesday nights, our inductive study. Uh, last semester, they studied the first part of Acts. This semester, they're studying the second part of Acts. And if you weren't there for the first part of Acts, that's okay. You can just jump in in the middle part of Acts. Uh, we have a men's Bible study that meets on Wednesdays, a women's Bible study on Wednesday evenings, both of them in the evening time. I did hear this morning we have about just 40 spaces left. Uh, for the 200 max for the, for the ladies and have about 70 spaces left, I think, for the max 150 or so 
for the men's Bible study. So if you're looking to be a part of a Bible study during the week, growing in your knowledge of God's word, uh, sisters with other ladies at the table with you, brothers with other men at the table with you, our inductive study begins on January 26th. Something we started last year that we think was, was met a lot of needs was called soul care. Uh, to help you fight against sin and also to help you uh, in the struggles of, of life and maybe some suffering that you have walked through. Uh, you see on the screen the eight different groups that we have available starting on January 27th. And I'll come back and talk a little bit more about those at the announcement time at the end of today. But those are all ways for you to grow. Uh, we encourage you. you. You will never become a disciple just by coming to a big group like this. That this is not designed for discipleship. Really, this is not even designed for community. It's a smaller group, an ABF or a CG or a Wednesday night Bible study for men, a Wednesday night Bible study for ladies, a soul care group uh, for you. We give you all these different opportunities because discipleship does not happen in a big group. It happens as we live life together. So we gather, we grow, and then we need to go. It's an easy little alliteration there. And let me, and I say this every year and I always get some funny faces. So I'll go ahead and say it again to see some more funny faces this morning. American Christians, we have become spiritually obese. Like we know all this information. We, we, can, we can tell you anything you want to know about God, about Christianity, but we never exercise our faith. And this is what going is about. And there's about 50 plus ways that you can go and serve here in this local church. You can, you can be on the coffee team. You can be in the welcome team. You can be a parking lot greeter. You can serve in the preschool. Uh, you can be at one of the cameras. Uh, you can be up in the crow's nest helping to run the lights. You can be a CG leader. You can be an ABF leader. You can work in the youth. You can work in the college. You can work with our senior adults and about everything in between as well. So there's ways to, to serve. There's ways to exercise your, your understanding of, of God. There's ways to exercise your spiritual gifts. So those are ways you can serve within the church. Let's talk about the neighborhood as well, ways that we can serve here locally. We have Hoops Huddle that meets here on, on Wednesday evenings. In fact, we need some more coaches for that. That's for kids here in the neighborhood. Uh, Dean Highland Partnership is our school right down, right down the street. Uh, you can be a reading buddy for a child. You can be a mentor for some of the younger kids there. You can be an assistant, a helper to, to the teachers. Win is our after-school care, after-school mentoring program, uh, where dozens of kids come from Dean Highland here to our campus. We help them with their homework. We tell them about Jesus. We play games with them. We feed them. We always need more volunteers for win. And of course, as Wellness Center goes online this year, we're always looking for people that say, I want to serve the neighborhood. Here are some of the skill sets and gifts that I have. So that's local going. What about international going? Where are we going this year to take the gospel to the nations? Well, Highland is sending a group to Taiwan in May, sending a group to Guatemala in June, sending a team to the Netherlands in September, and then an undisclosed nation, but it's in Northern Africa. We're going there later on this year. So you might be interested in taking the gospel to the world and sharing the good news to those who need to hear the good news. Hoops for Hope also is sending out teams around the world. They're going to Dominican Republic in July, Ghana in July, North Carolina, which I know is not international, but North Carolina in July, to Mexico, a second trip to the DR, Barbados, and, and Kenya this year. Uh, there may be a country's name I just called out just then. Something happened in your heart when you heard it. Or maybe you kind of, kind of sense something like, I want to know more about that trip to that place, to, to that country, to those people. So we encourage you. Again, if you're, if you're a member here, you have, to, you have to serve somewhere, either here locally at the church, locally in our neighborhood, or take the gospel around the world. So that's 
that's going. We, we, we've gathered, we're, we're growing as disciples and disciple makers, opportunities for us to exercise those spiritual gifts. How is all this fueled? Well, in a very earthly sense, it's fueled by your generosity. It's fueled by your giving. It's fueled by the giving of your treasure, of your finances. And this past year, Highland, you gave in unbelievable, generous ways, way overgave the budget, which allows us to support other missions and other missionaries and other ministries, even up the support for them. So thank you so much for for your generosity and, and giving. There's five ways to give. Uh, you can give through the church app. You can give through the kiosk. You can give through, through texting. You can go to the website and, and sign up to, to give in, in that way. You can give the old-fashioned way, drop coins or, or dollar bills or checks into all of the, the, the drop boxes at the doors. We're actually adding a sixth way to give in a few weeks, and that's to give by cryptocurrency. And so, so here's what we're doing. We're trying to take away every excuse you may have to, to not give. Well, I would give if you took Bitcoin. Give us two weeks. We'll be glad to take that Bitcoin. I would give if y'all still took, took checks. That's all I have is checks. We have little drop boxes to, to drop the check. If I only had a way to give on my phone, all kinds of ways you can give on your phone. We're really asking you, encouraging you to be obedient to Scripture, to first continue to be generous people. That, that's how ministries are fueled in an earthly sense. But how are ministries fueled in a spiritual sense? Prayer. Seeking a God who can do all things. Pleading with the Lord who said, nothing is impossible for me. That's how things are spiritually fueled around here. I've given this quote before and I love it so much. It's John Owechekwa. And he says, where prayer is present in the church, it's saying something. It teaches the church that we really need the Lord. Where prayer is absent, it reinforces the assumption that we're okay without him. I'll say again, we have seven prayer groups that meet pretty much any day of the week. They don't even count the the prayer times that the ABFs have together and CGs have together. Uh, Wednesday night groups have together. Soul care have together together, but we strongly believe in what is up here. We, we, we can do church without God. We don't want to do church without God. We want his power working mightily within his people, within the foundations of this church. And so what we're going to do for prayer, just for us to be on the same page, on January the 19th, we're going to gather on a Wednesday evening in the chapel for not for us to worship and certainly sing to the Lord, but for us to seek the Lord together in prayer. And on that night, January 19th, the mayor of our city has asked the pastors in our city to take a day in the month of January to fast and to pray for our city. And so on that evening, on January 19th, we're going to talk through what does it look like to fast? What does it mean to fast? And let's find a day for us to fast together sometime between January 19th and January 31st. And here's what the mayor has asked of us, for us to pray for unity in our city, peace in our city, health in our city, for us to pray for the poor in our city, the marginalized in our city, the hungry in our city. And so this is only right for us to respond to what a leader in our city has asked of believers to fast and pray. And so we'd hope to see you on January 19th for us to pray together and hear more about what it means for us to fast and to pray as the people of God. Here's the last thing I have for you, and I'm super excited about it. Would you believe we're just about 17 months away from celebrating 100 years of God's faithfulness to this church family? 
on May 7th, 2023, so not this year, but 2023, we have our centennial celebration as a church that has seen the faithfulness of God for 100 years. So, you planners, those of y'all who think way ahead, May 7th, 2023, mark it on your calendar. If you're a college student, don't study that Sunday night. Come to the centennial instead. Plan on getting married May 7th of 2023? Get married May 14th of 2023. <laughs> Thinking about a vacation in May of 2023? Go in June. Weather's so much better in June. We want you to write that date down because we've already reserved the 6,000-seat Extra Coast Center for us to get together and to celebrate the faithfulness of God. When Moses was preaching in the book of Deuteronomy, he gave five sermons. They all begin with the same word. Remember. Remember the faithfulness of God. Remember what God has done. Remember the works of God. Remember how God has delivered us, Moses said. In the same way, we're going to take that Sunday evening of May 7th, 2023 and celebrate the faithfulness of God. We're going to sing some of our favorite songs from all the decades of the past hundred years. We have a message from, from a pastor who was pastoring here back in the 1970s. We have a, a pastor that was here back in the 1990s. He'll be speaking that night. We would love for you to be there as we celebrate the faithfulness of God. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. You see it on the screen behind me. Highland, grace to you. Highland, peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, sisters, church family, Highlanders, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you, every one of you for one another, is increasing. In reverence, would you stand with me, please? Can I ask of you something that I'll do myself through these next really song and a half? Would you just lift your hands out like this with me as a sign of surrender? You may notice, in fact, if you want to, you can look at your hands. Your hands are open like this, which means, God, I'm not holding on to anything that I think is mine. It's not my year, it's not my agenda, it's not my schedule. It's not my money, it's not my time, it's not my people. God, everything I have is yours. Our hands would also be outstretched like this with our palms up and open. Just to go ahead and say to the Lord, we surrender. We say yes, Lord. Before you even ask the question, God, our answer is yes. You're the Lord. And we're the, we're the people of your hand. We're the sheep of your pasture. Of course, our hands are lifted out in surrender, in submission. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.